The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. Got a few things to get to on what is now a full-blown bye week for SMU. There was a glimmer of hope that maybe SMU would get together with Baylor, who ultimately had to shut down its game against Louisiana Tech due to Louisiana Tech's players having to go home and get to safe places with Hurricane Laura uh, hitting the Louisiana coast and up into the Ruston area and and parts of Texas as well. And they had to get out of town. And and so ultimately, uh, they ended up getting hit with some COVID cases. But SMU did reach out to Baylor to try and get a game. But Baylor said no, which is understandable on their part. SMU's played a game. Baylor hasn't. It's Dave Veranda's first game at Baylor. They have some things that they're certainly still working on there. And it was basically a lose-lose, I would say, for for Baylor, especially if uh, they do, in fact, uh, would, in fact, have lost to SMU. So SMU's in a bye week right now. Uh, They've been practicing most of the week. They're back on the practice field Sunday after SMU uh, got back from Texas State uh, late on uh, late Saturday night uh, following that game. But overall, this week was a opportunity for SMU to certainly get in football shape and get these guys going in terms of uh, their conditioning a little bit more, Kaz Kazadi putting the foot on the gas, and, and a chance for them to go back and, and find what went wrong against Texas State. And in getting a chance to look back and watch the game, I think one – uh, so much of this is uh, what Navy experienced on Monday night. And for an SMU team that under Sonny Dykes has had physical fall camps, has prided itself at least as best they can on putting their foot on the gas in terms of physicality. And Sonny Dykes always really talks about that when it comes to his offensive line and his defensive line getting more physical up front. And I think that's the message that was heard this week as they got back on the practice field and they took Thursday off, they'll practice again on Friday, but uh, they needed, I think that first game and they got through it. And that's why if you watch the Hilltop, if you watch many of the highlights or uh, things on Twitter that they're celebrating this and Sonny, when he got hired, always said, when we win, I want to celebrate wins appropriately. Now, you know, club dub and all that stuff that you kind of see at times around college football, That's not always what it's about in terms of going over the top, but you should celebrate a win on the road against a team, against any team. It's tough to do. It's tough to win on the road. We've seen that. Um, And whether it's a big game, small game, bye game, SMU did that. And so I want to move on from Texas State a little bit in terms of that, but I do think SMU did its best to get back to the basics, back and try, try to correct mistakes because there were plenty. There were things on the offensive line they certainly had to take care of. There were plenty of blown uh, blocking assignments, which I think probably was what they spent the most amount of time going through. Uh, There were moments where the offensive line really didn't get a push, and that's not necessarily going to change overnight. But 
as we've told our Pony Stampede subscribers, Dimitri Jordan will in all likelihood be back for the North Texas game on September 19th when they head over to Denton. And he's somebody that can step into into uh, the right guard spot and shore it up and contribute. At least that's what the coaching staff would hope. And that's what what the indications have been through fall camp since he arrived from junior college. And that makes sense. And he didn't play on Saturday against Texas State, and you can figure out your reasons why many of these guys from time to time can miss games randomly, whether it's contact tracing, whether it's COVID-19, whatever. Uh, But SMU did have uh, all negative tests coming back on Sunday and Wednesday. As we're recording on Thursday now, they've gotten their test back, and, and all is good on that front following the game, which is a good thing, obviously. But I think the right guard spot is the biggest concern on that offensive line going forward. I think Texas State was pretty creative in terms of how they got pressure. I think when you look back at the Memphis game last year, I think when you look back at the Navy game, certain things that are becoming common traits, at least for me, are three-man fronts and delayed blitzes. And those are some of the things that are kind of hurting SMU at times. And they hurt a lot of teams. And it's all about scheming around them and taking advantage of them and and finding an opportunity to find a window if it's a passing uh, play uh, beyond behind that blitz or where 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 he came from. There's a spot. There's somewhere. There's a hole in the defense. And it's about you know creating different ways to counteract those blitzes so that maybe they can't call them as much. And I think that's what SMU will figure out. And look against Memphis, SMU didn't exactly have much. I would say trouble. They had times where they struggled offensively, but overall that was a game that they played very well in. I think the Texas state game, they did play very well offensively. They left some points on the board, TJ McDaniels fumble, uh, the Kylan Granson touchdown getting called back because of Reggie Robertson's hit uh, and Shane Bouchelle missing a wide open Danny Gray. And you can point to certain things on each of those plays that would otherwise allow them to potentially score on Shane Bouchelle's missed throw to Danny Gray. Blitzer wide open up the middle. That can't happen. When you look at Kylan Grant's touchdown, that was called back. Reggie Robertson, can't do that as a senior. Can't do a crack back. TJ McDaniel, hold on to the ball. There are a lot of things that they have to clean up, and it makes sense in a season opener. And I don't necessarily think that SMU has ever been really perfect in any of these season openers under Sonny Dykes. Gosh, the first one was a horrible loss at North Texas. And then you fast forward a year and they go on the road at Arkansas State. And Shane Bouchelle throws a pick on the first play of his SMU career. So, but each time, each time, and I do believe this, in the first year maybe was a little different, but SMU was playing TCU close in the first half. And then obviously Ben Hicks was Ben Hicks. And things fell apart, and they wouldn't have won. I, I, they would have needed a big step up in talent to beat TCU Sunny's first year. But then the second year, they got in and took care of business against North Texas. I think they do the same against North Texas. Uh, just looking ahead at that one uh, for for you guys, I, I think SMU uh, will have to contain North Texas's running back room. They're talented. Uh, they've got some wide receivers that can go. Jason Bean, the quarterback, can run around a little bit. But overall, it's still very much defense that gave up a ton of yards to Houston Baptist. Uh, and it, it, it's going to be a team that I think SMU should be able to take care of. And especially with a bye, and especially with the time that they've had between the games. And 
Uh, same, same for North Texas. I, I don't think they're playing this week. I could be wrong. But overall, uh, it's two programs. And on top of that, North Texas breaking in, I believe, a new defensive coordinator. might be ULM that's doing that, so I might have that wrong. But also Tate, Tate Wallace, the quarterback's coach, is, uh, just resigned on Thursday as well following his arrest last week, former SMU quarterback there, shout out uh, on his uh, poor decision-making. We're not going to get into that too much, but uh, overall, I mean, I think SMU is a better team again, and that's why SMU beat Texas State. That's why SMU's got a really good chance to beat North Texas again and take care of business. So I think for the most part, offensively, there are easily, I would say, correctable things that they can point to uh, each time uh, they've, uh, you know, had to go back to the drawing board and fix some things. Defensively, that's going to be the one where I'm most interested to see because for the most part, they had a full complement of players. Now, I do know SMU is still working themselves into football shape. Sonny Dyke said that. People I've talked with around the program talked about that, Uh, especially just because you have, during all this COVID stuff, you have times where players will be out of practice and not available to do much of anything because they could potentially be having it. Not even just like a positive test, which SMU has seen very little of as of now. But uh, So those guys are still working themselves into shape, I would say. And it's going to be a situation this whole year, I think, where guys are going to have to play their way into shape. Uh, and I think SMU's got to be pretty careful with how they handle their players because of it. You don't want guys getting soft tissue damages, uh, soft tissue injuries and things like that. But I think defensively, they're adjusting. They're trying to play this new style of defense, which I think they did a great job adjusting in the second half. Only 50-some total yards of actual rushing once you took away the sack that Turner Cox had. So I I feel like they did a good job in the second half on that front, uh, and they've got some things to clean up. I think in the secondary, inserting Brandon Crosley is probably the biggest thing that happened on Saturday night. I think he totally changed the way the defense was playing in a way because he was able to lock up his receivers. He was physical. He made a couple. He made a stop behind the line on a screen pass that he had to fight through a guy. And he's got experience, so it's not like you're just sticking a, a newcomer out there. Uh, and I thought he competed really hard. He set the tone in a in a way, I guess, uh, from the get go in his play and in, in what he's going to bring on the opening kickoff when he drilled the return man at the 16 yard line. So. I think you're going to see an expanded role from him against North Texas. I think you're going to see some of these uh, new players start to maybe see more burn. Junior Ajo could be one. Uh, You could see more of Donald Clay. He had a pass breakup in the game, uh, almost had an interception. I was impressed with Jimmy Phillips and him getting his interception. And I think he outperformed what I thought he was going to do out there when he got his opportunities. And then we didn't really see Nelson Paul that I could remember. Uh, And and there are some other guys out there that you – uh, didn't see either. So I think the rotation is going to expand a little bit. I think North Texas is a, is timed well for SMU. The next two weeks theoretically should be uh, – the next two games should be opportunities for them to really develop and get some confidence going for the offense to hit on all cylinders heading into um, conference play. And uh, we'll kind of see how it goes. But um, overall, uh, I, I think now people have calmed down and kind of understand uh, what um, – you know, I think people, I, I think I think people understand now what SMU has to clean up. The I think overreacting at times from the game is settled down for the most part, but it's going to be a long week and a half, of course, as from now uh, until the game because you have a lot to talk about and uh, there's there's really 
uh, not too much out there until we get another game to watch SMU and see what what they put together. But uh, with that, I want to shift briefly to recruiting. Uh, SMU offered Jaden Jones, the Dallas Parish Episcopal defensive end, uh, who is down to a top four of Colorado, North Texas, Kansas, and Washington State. Kansas has picked up the majority of the crystal ball predictions, or all of them, as of late. I think Washington State's the big challenger there. He's 6'4", 225. He's got quite a few Power 5 uh, offers out there uh, on on his plate, and he has some athleticism, and he's playing on a team with Preston Stone. So I think this one was a good offer at the time. I think SMU wants to add a pass rusher in this class uh, in terms of their jack position, their their stang position, I should should say, uh, their, their stand-up edge rusher. And I think Jaden Jones could fit that role. I think he's somebody that you you look at and okay, he's playing. He, he he's he's got this top four. He's a one-time UNT commit, and why isn't SMU already offered? And I think part of that is the patient approach that they wanted to take in terms of who they're going to add to the end of this class. Braylon Jackson's still out there. David Abiara is still out there, and I don't think this offer is a reflection of that because neither of them would play the stank position for SMU. So you have those two guys out there, uh, one with the crystal ball predictions in uh, to land at SMU, the other one, uh, David Abiara, with crystal ball predictions to flip from Notre Dame to Oklahoma. We'll continue to uh, monitor that uh, in terms of where SMU stands. There's been some buzz, of course, around SMU, but his recruitment, uh, speaking of David Abiara, has been pretty quiet. Jaden Jones, he has an opportunity to have a big, big senior year, I think, for uh perish and really anchor their defense and affect quarterbacks and and get after the passer. I think that for the most part, they felt like they had to get in the mix. Jaden seems receptive, receptive. I think he also feels like, okay, I camped last summer talking about summer of what would be 2019. You saw a lot of me. Why didn't you offer? I can understand that portion of it. I do think it's fine that SMU played the waiting game in this position. They have a lot of depth at the defensive end, that staying position uh, for the future. and But ultimately, they want to get their name in the hat if they are going to press for him, get him, bef- and, and try to get him to delay his decision, which is scheduled, I believe, for September 18th as of now, and get him on board. So I'll be interested to see how this one works out. It did kind of surprise me that they offered, but the reasoning was is they felt like they had to offer now instead of waiting to see him as a senior and then saying, okay, well, now we really want to offer him, and then it's way too late and you're trying to you know, work at an uphill battle uh, from there. And that's look, that's recruiting, guys. I mean, I don't love offering players before you're sure of what they're going to bring to the table and what you want uh, and that you want them, but – this is one that I feel like they they have enough intel on that they felt they were ready to go on. Um, and so they're going to try to bring in another player that can play the Stang. I think it makes sense. I think they feel like they need to add a good athlete at that position from what it sounds like. So uh, that's the latest on David Abiara, or excuse me, on uh, Jaden Jones, and then as well as uh, David Abiara and Braylon Jackson. Still feeling good about my crystal ball predictions for Braylon Jackson. But with that, guys, want to get you guys kind of a wrap-up on week one some final thoughts on recruiting and uh, get you out the door of the pod for your short pod for your drive into work or whatever you're doing on your Friday and your weekend. But we'll be back full bore next week. We'll have media availability. We'll have all of that. Uh, So we'll keep it rolling for you guys on Pony Stampede. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed uh, 
you know, this this week of content post game and kind of how we did it. I thought the 10 at 10, if you haven't checked it out on Pony Stampede, went over really well. It's 10 thoughts or 10 pieces of VIP information that I've picked up by 10 o'clock Saturday, uh, Sunday night after the game. So it's a review of what has happened. Uh, and, and certainly a, a lot of that comes from some of our VIP sources uh, for Pony Stampede. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Uh, and you can do so uh, by just subscribing for just a dollar uh, for your first month uh, at Pony Stampede. So appreciate everybody listening to this pod, listening to this pod, and hope everybody has a great weekend. Thanks for listening. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.